over to Horror Culture Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're back again, putting ourselves through torture at Christmas time for you. Ooh. I thought it's the most wonderful time of the year. That's bullshit. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly not been this year. It wasn't last year hey, either. we've gone from uh, the first year, actually, we were really lucky. Because obviously, starting out of a trash podcast... You gotta do Star Wars Holiday Special. You gotta do Silent Night, Dead Night Two. You know, you've gotta get the staples out of the way, and it's all been downhill from there. We had to do the Silent Night, Deadly Night. So we had to, like, and people know, were forcing yeah. us. We chose to do the Silent, ever Silent Night, Deadly Night films. Four and five weren't that bad. You know, three was abysmal though. Then we did the town that was it the town of Band Christmas. The, oh my Christmas card, that one. Yes, we did that uh, last year. We did fucking that ridiculous religious Saving Christmas Saving film. Christmas. Yeah. Last week, we put ourselves through three fucking awful animated films. And now we're bringing you Bang Up to Date with more torture for us. A karate Christmas miracle from 2019. From 2019. Okay, now... When I chose this, yes, I chose this. When I chose this, mm. I remember when we've watched this last year and we thought it was hilarious. We thought it was a trash to piece. I was like, perfect podcast film. We have to do it. I scheduled it in there and then. I was like, we have to do this on the podcast. Fuck me. Analyzing it we for the podcast is a different story. Um, also, knowing who's behind the film kind of makes, kind of shines a new light on it. Um, but yeah, this exists. Um, you discovered it. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. How? Um, pretty much how I discover any sort of shit film. I go on Letterboxd. I find a list. I go lowest to highest, and I see what's about <laughs> at the S bottom of these lists. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Written and directed by Julie Kimmel. Uh, director of Caretaker, producer of The Savant, Four Presidents, and the Mike Flowers in the building music video. I have absolutely no idea what the hell you just talked about. Co-written by David Landau, who wrote and directed Dark Tarot, and was actually the camera part of the camera and electrical department on the First Wives Club, Men in Black, Jumper, 30 Rock, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Enchanted, Bringing Out the Dead, Nurse, Saturday Night Live, and so much more. Wow. Um, from get First back Wives the Club to this. <laughs> yeah, get back behind the camera. Don't be writing any old shit. And finally, mm. based on the screenplay slash story by Ken Del Vecchio. Now, you might be thinking, who, who's Ken Del Vecchio? Um, Just Vecchio. Vecchio. Well, Vecchio. Oh, well, fuck you, this guy. Uh, he's <gasps> the dad of the lead actor, I assume. In the film, because he casts him in all of his films, and they have the same surname. Oh, I see. Yes. Um, okay. He's also that would make sense. That would it, it would definitely make sense. Makes sense. Um, he's also a massive uh, Republican. Yeah, something that is very apparent in his filmography. He's also made a wrestling Christmas miracle. The joke the sequel, is it a sequel. I don't think so. Oh. I think it's just another chance for his son to be in the lead role of a film. Joker's Poltergeist, Rock Story, Bleeding Hearts, Scavenger Killers, The Great Fight, Price for Freedom, Kinky Killers, and many more, including Obama Nude. Uh, 
Now, uh, do you know what a bomb nude is? I don't think. Uh, it's got him in the lead role, the, the writer himself, mm. as Obama. Obama is obviously meant to be Obama. And the film is about how Satan put Obama in the White House. And he's most well known for his anti-abortion film, The Life Zone. So he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes with newer films... I, I feel like I don't like making fun of them too much. This one is oh, an exception. This is an exception. This, I, this deserves yeah. all the ridicule of vitriol that we have. Yeah. And I know it's, uh, it, you know, it feels like it's maybe easy humour or easy target for two gay guys to be bringing down a Republican in this film. But I swear to you, I didn't know before doing this research and by the time we'd announced the podcast episode and everything, so I probably wouldn't have even done the film, if I'm honest. Um, That's true. That That is true. Um, so just so you know, we are here to tear this film apart and not to support it, just in case don't want any wires getting mixed up here. Spoiler alert, we watched it on YouTube, so we didn't give this man any money. He had no money. Do he not got give no this man money any from money. this household. He deserves no money from this household. You know, whatever. And do you know what? If, if we... We can get political, because fuck you and fuck off <laughs> to this man. That's you getting political? That's, That's well... <laughs> I because... thought you were going to launch to a big rant. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want to prolong the agony of talking about this film <laughs> any longer and having to think about this film any longer. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure our listeners will all agree with uh, fuck you, fuck this man and fuck this film. Oh, yeah, I just... Uh, if, and if you don't agree, then why are you listening to this yeah, podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I think you've made a mistake. If if you agree with any of those sort of views, or um, you agree with a film that suggests Barack Obama was put into the White House by <laughs> Satan, you're in the wrong place. Switch off now. Do not like and subscribe. But still, leave us a five-star review. Yeah. Budget. I didn't want to tell you this before the episode. I wanted to just be a a, 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 a a nice, authentic surprise. Would you like me to guess? $12.50. $1.5 million. Ooh. This man had $1.5 million lying around. What a waste. And decided to make this piece of shit film. And also, if the co-writer worked on the camera department for First Wives Club, why... Didn't they just get him to work behind the camera for this film as well? Because the cameraman can't stay fucking still. Oh they obviously didn't God. pay him much money because no. fucking awful. He was he was drunk or he was having a terrible time behind that fucking camera. Uh, straight to VOD as well, so I can't tell you how much it made. Um, <laughs> let's, let's discuss who's in it. Oh, good gracious, yes. Who's in it? Oh, excuse me. It's <laughs> your <sure> role. <laughs> Oh, I haven't got a Christmas one. <laughs> hey, I know y'all. Thank you. Did the one we did last time. Um, Mario Dalvecchio, uh, again, I, I assume that is the director's son, plays Jesse Genesis. Yes, his name is Jesse Genesis. Genesis. Star of a wrestling Christmas miracle. Right. Brace yourself for this one. Cries of the Unborn. Price for Freedom, Rock Story, The Grand Theft, The Brawler, and more. Uh, at the time, at the time of the film shooting, fuck this, I don't even want to give this film fucking trivia. At the time of the film shooting, 
the ten year old star was a real life blue bat in karate and now he's beyond that. Well good for him. Well done. That's the most trivia I've got for this film. Julie McCullough uh, stars in this as Elizabeth. Shockingly enough, she was in the Blob remake. She was. 2012 Ice Age, Intrepid, uh, Top of the World, Jake and the Fat Man, Max Headroom. Yeah, that Max Headroom. Oh, no. The Munsters. I think the 80s Munsters. Superboy. Uh, the Golden Girls and more. Yes. So in the Golden Girls, she played the young neighbour of the ladies who found herself um, pregnant whilst uh, being a teenager. And her father was absolutely fuming. Stayed around the girl. Never saw her again. Or the baby. <laughs> but stayed around the girl's house whilst they talked the father into forgiving her for getting pregnant at a young age. Um, what do what Ken Del Vecchio has I, I'm to say I'm sure he has a lot, lot to episodes. say about that yeah Eric Roberts is in this fucking <laughs> hell as James Whitmore Emma Emma's father yeah I don't know Julia's how. brother yeah will start in any fucking film that'll throw <laughs> 50 quid his way fucking recently hell. the scene stealer <laughs> of Blackbird <laughs> As the villain in that, um, yeah, he was also in the dark. As bizarre as it is, when now that he's in something like this, it's really bizarre to say this. He was in the Dark Knight, Runaway Train, Inherent Vice, The Expendables, um, Cecil B. Demented, The Cable Guy, Lovelace, and more. Yeah, I mean, he's quite prolific, but now he genuinely will say yes to starring in anything. Yeah, yeah, it's clear. You know, how can you go from working with John Waters? In Cecil B. Demented, mm. to working for a film produced by Ken Del Vecchio. <laughs> the fuck? Uh, Martin Cove is also in this. He is. That's Sam. Um, Martin Cove being the star of The Karate Kid. Um, a Cobra Kai. Obviously, you know, he's keeping it keeping it in the uh, within the theme i'm assuming yeah. this was the, the the reason they wanted to get someone <laughs> who was in the karate kid to sort of people who were fans of the karate kid to think oh wow martin cove he was in the karate kid he's in this christmas karate film let's watch that yeah uh, he's also in rambo first blood part two death race 2000 once upon a time in hollywood the Last House on the Left, VFW, Women in Revolt, and more. Again, you know, Again. way too good of a career to be in this. <laughs> Women in Revolt. Yeah. You know, the anti-Warhol film. Mm -hmm. Classic queer cinema. To go from that to this. Again, I'll say it again. Written and produced by Ken Del Vecchio. Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about our feature presentation and we'll try and figure it out. I'm working on my 12 days of Christmas list. Last year, Dad told me that if I did everything on the list, I could have whatever I wanted for Christmas. And this year, all I want for Christmas is for Dad to come home. Well, as you know, he just started and he's yellow belt. But man, he's a quick study. That kid is tough. Yeah, I have to earn my black belts by Christmas and I have to teach myself. Jesse, a black belt by Christmas? I just saw that. I'm telling you, he's alive. I need to get that black belt. Focus. Streamline. We will haunt these victims. 
Getting a black belt is not going to bring back daddy. These are just dreams you're having. Um, so <laughs> the first thing we see <laughs> is the logo for Justice for All Productions. For I'm all. sure the piece of shit writer doesn't actually agree with Justice for All. Let's face it. Justice for all that I deem worthy. Justice for all straight white men. Yes. And some women as well thrown in there. Yeah, you know. of course. The, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're introduced <laughs> to Abby Genesis. What a fucking Genesis, for <laughs> sake. Um, she comes down the stairs like a herd of buffaloes. <laughs> With a Herman Mustard shoes. Herman Mustard shoes. The Louis Vuittons. <laughs> well, even Louis Vuitton makes mistakes, Gary. We all know that. And she starts slamming the fucking plates around <laughs> on the table and starts dishing up the first of two, spoiler alert, <laughs> limp fucking salads. I mean, it's a big bowl. It's half there. The lettuce is limp. And all else is in there is a bit of red onion. Yeah. And she's dishing it up. She goes to dish out an extra plate, but her, her husband died almost a year ago. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's dead. Sorry. <laughs> she calls her son Jesse to the table, but he's too busy. <laughs> she calls her son Jesse to the table, but he's too busy listing off the countries of Europe. And then starts listing off the last 10 US presidents <laughs> in, in reverse order. Whilst wearing a red karate outfit, <laughs> forgive me. I sorry. I do apologize. I should have googled what the karate outfit's called. I I've well, uh, you did also, a little karate when you were younger, I did, didn't you, Hen? And I did enough to know that I'm sure they're not supposed to be red. No, no. It, it was given Ken and Ryu energy, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit of, yeah. Yeah. I do apologize. I was meant to Google that. Do you think the makers of this film googled that? No. <laughs> A red karate outfit with a yellow belt. Um, she tries. Abby tries to correct him about Richard Nixon. <laughs> Richard Nixon wasn't. Uh, Richard Nixon was He's impeached. impeached. <laughs> and like, well, that wasn't part of his little quiz or whatever. His, <laughs> whatever just leave him to whatever it. Whatever sporkle quiz he was doing. I love a bit of sporkle. Um, whatever sporkle quiz he was doing, that wasn't really part of it. And he was like, he wasn't impeached. He um. Quit. So, okay, thanks, mate. <laughs> um, we l we learned that he's doing all this as part of his plan to bring back his father, who has seemingly disappeared after a mass shooting at a cinema. I I didn't make this up. This is this is the film. He is listing these off to his father's photo. That is very clearly a. And, you know, I give quotation marks for this. A professional headshot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many picked... Okay, let's discuss this now. A huge theme of this film is how his father managed to juggle being a successful lawyer, <laughs> a great father, and a wonderful citizen. Whereas Abby, his mother, was a workaholic... And has neglected her family, her citizen duties, <laughs> and her duties as a mother. That's a big theme in this film. Why does this man, Bob, have so many photos with just him in? 
true. Why are they not family portrait? <laughs> so many photos of just him in frames. Yeah. Like, mate, I thought you were the best father in the world. Where's your family? He's also very vain and he didn't want anyone else being in the photos because they're still as thunder. Exactly. Um, Abby, shockingly, says, I think dinner's getting cold. <laughs> All I've seen is a limp salad. It is just a salad. The fact she's calling it dinner is fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's it's a limp salad with a bit of red onion. That's it. To which, and this is a beginning of the theme that runs throughout the whole film, to which Jesse replies, it's always cold. Dad's the better cook. <laughs> she also didn't notice that Jesse's tooth had fallen out. No. Because she's a neglectful bitch. Awful mother. Neglect. She's... Awful, she's a terrible mother. <laughs> Women shouldn't be allowed to look after children. Yeah. Clearly, men, dead men do it better mm -hmm. than uh, women ever could. We then cut to karate practice, where Abby is on the phone to work, where she suggests throwing snowballs at kids eating the competitors' candy isn't very nice. <laughs> Hilarious. That's that's kind of the level of yeah. humour we've got in this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but do you know why? Because this isn't even supposed to be a comedy. Oh. Like, IMDb has this listed as a family action film. Yeah. Um, well, it's certainly not an action film. <laughs> what I feel it's trying to be is a film about grief. And what it could have been is a film about grief. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. This is, this is basically Jack Frost, but with Michael Keaton's snowman exactly. replaced with karate. Exactly. Jesse tries to kill his opponent. <laughs> and Abby has to tell him to go easy on him. Despite the referee being right there and not stopping. Yeah. At all. Do you know who I feel sorry for? Yeah. The random kids that, that have to do shitty karate <laughs> with Jesse in this film. <laughs> Awful. Well, he's decided that he's going to teach himself karate from now on. Uh, and we'll get his black belt by Christmas Day. Well, do you know what? Funny enough, if you're teaching yourself and you're the person in charge as to whether you get the black belt or not, that's a pretty fucking good chance you're going to give yourself the black belt, you fucking moron. That is a weird like, one. Like, who's judging it? Like, you're judging it yourself. Of course you're going to get it, you fucking but dick. throughout the film, he does have karate matches where either Abby or the babysitter yeah. are there. But the kids who he's having matches against have no family there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, neither of them know anything about karate. He has to explain karate to them. Yeah. And, yeah. So I I don't understand. This This entire film is rendered pointless because this is a stupid fucking task for him to set himself because he knew he was going to succeed either way. Imagine if he got to Christmas Day and he was like, no, you haven't got it. Oh, no, I'm disappointed in myself. I didn't give myself the black belt. Fuck yeah, but off. who's buying these belts? I, they just appear. They just appear right? They nowhere. just appear out of nowhere. So, surely you can't just go to a shop and buy a black belt? You probably can. I don't think that's... That shouldn't be right, I it? believe when I did karate... Oh, fuck's it, I oh, can't be able to say this on the podcast. Oh, no. I believe when I did karate... Look, it was... When the concept of karate these days is probably a little problematic. But I, I was a bully child. I needed confidence, so I went to karate. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> Can we, can, we, can we keep the childhood trauma <laughs> away from... Uh, do you know what we're talking about? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, no, I do. I seem to remember we had to pay for the belts. Hmm. So you, but you paid for them and just had them hanging around. Yeah. So you, you could have just walked into a shop and said, black belt, please. I, I believe so. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the best. Around. I think we had to have someone sign off to say, yeah, you earned that black belt yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, but Poor this is, this little shit. some white man. <laughs> it, it was uh, a middle-aged, bold white man. Yeah. Um, his well, name was Craig. Uh, <laughs> Craig, if you're listening, I'll have mine in pink. Thank you. Um, so the neglectful bitch, Abby, has no idea Jesse Sensei is a woman. Which is fabulous. You know, Christmas karate, miracle. Let's have the sensei in there. Let's show a female sensei. Yeah. Fantastic. No, never see her. No. Um... <laughs> Because he's male. Because Jesse is male because, and, and men do, do the best job. Even, even kids. Christmas is in five days. Yeah. And he's currently, what is he, yellow belt? Is I he? went to fucking karate for easily a year or two. Like maybe even longer. And I didn't even get close to a fucking black belt. So this little bastard is lying to himself. If you think he can get it within five days. Yeah, absolutely. That is a Christmas miracle. He doesn't. If I remember correctly, there's more than five belts. So he's given himself two belts within one day at least. Yeah. Um, then, strangely... From black belt to black bird. <laughs> yeah. We cut to Eric Roberts, who appears on screen to a woman and talks absolute shite. Yeah. I have no idea whatsoever what he was talking Genuinely, about. Genuinely, not a single word went in. So he's I, on I some sort it. of green screen. He's on a cinema screen. There's a woman in the cinema who looks shocked or scared and, and she's trying to convey some sort of emotion. I have absolutely no frigging clue whatsoever what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I don't. For the rest of the film, I yeah. have no idea yeah. what he's saying. Um, we then cut to newspaper clippings that suggest that Eric Roberts has something to do with Jesse's father's disappearance. Fantastic. Jesse wakes up and it turns out it's a dream well, that he's had. Before we move on from that, the newspaper clippings say only survivor in killer clown mass fear to shoot him. Now, we know what they're referring to, right? I hope it's not. I, I think it is the Dark Knight fear shootings. That was, I, I believe I remember it was done by a bunch of people in clown masks. Well, it was one person. It was one person. It was one, one person. person. But yeah. I suppose the Dark Knight clown putting those Eric two Ro things and do you know together. What makes it, Eric, Eric Roberts was fucking in, that, in the Dark Knight. Putting those two things together. That's it, absolutely what they're referring cheap to. And it's it's yeah. nasty and it's really uncalled for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In a, in a family film called A Cry Christmas I've Miracle. Just, yeah. Like, I've actually now you've mentioned it. That's fucking. That's cheap shit yeah it's bullshit and why would this need to be included in a family film exactly at all yeah why is it a mass shooting yeah what why what, what is this you know film why is it mentioning the idea of gun control and mass shootings and shit like that mm. it's fucking awful um as, as i said turns out this was jesse's dream he says that a man on the screen was talking but he didn't understand what he was saying. None of us did. Neither did I. Neither did I. Um, his Abby says, why would you dream like that? As if he has any control. Why would you have a dream like that? What's that about? 
Um, Jesse believes the man to be responsible for his father's disappearance at the movie theatre. Fantastic. Abby then finds the newspaper <laughs> clippings in real life in a drawer and is shocked for some reason. It's like, okay, you clearly put them it's there. But she's, she picks them up. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God, he's seen these. That's why he's dreaming about them. Okay. Um, we now, for some reason, go to a college of some sort. Where Professor Elizabeth, does she get a surname? Don't no. know, never heard it. Where Elizabeth is addressing the class and questioning its... No, I did that wrong. Elizabeth is addressing the class, mm. who she refers to as critters, and then questions whether the term critters is un-PC or not. Yeah, she says, uh, oh no, that's not one of those forbidden words or something, isn't it? Um, it's like, <laughs> why is John Crawford teaching at college? I don't know my notes. Oh, what it must be like to not have to worry about being called a forbidden word or something. Um, this bitch is the face of white privilege. Uh, well, she's. I mean, she, it's she's, it's strange. It's little because lines. she calls out Abby for her privilege. Yeah, it it is weird. And, but you know the line where she says about the forbidden words or something. You know the writer is just sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> that'll absolutely. get them. That'll get them lefties. <laughs> and it's a shame, really, because this is this Julie Collock or whatever her name is. Got it now. And she was only relevant in the Golden Girl, one Golden Girls episode. <laughs> um, she's wearing a fucking hideous Christmas tie. She is. And she decides that she's going to call them reindeers. But reindeers without horns, because it... The horns remind her of the devil. Yeah, and he ain't that Christmassy. And he ain't that Christmassy. Um, poor reindeers getting red like that. Okay. <clears throat> For the first of three times, she <laughs> she asks someone, she asks the room, a hypothetical question based around Christmas. Mm -hmm. She asks them about how if they're reindeers. And they're drinking in a bar with Santa. And it's way more long-winded than this. Yes. This, this is long-winded. A bar brawl occurs and Santa breaks a chair over someone's head to protect Rudolph. And so she goes on and on and she's really fucking long-winded. She finally asks a fucking question. <laughs> and she says, after this bar brawl and the chair, it, is Santa guilty of assault or not? <laughs> Jump scare. Jesse. <laughs> Jesse then appears from nowhere and answers the question. Yeah, he obnoxiously launches himself into the room. Yeah. And fucking points at the camera like a fucking arsehole. Santa is not guilty of any kind of assault because he was protecting Rudolph. And I feel like this is very deliberate and very much within the context of Pro guns. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say protecting. I'm not protecting sure. Yourself. Yeah, I'm not sure if many lawyers would agree with that um, conclusion. But okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. But she's know. like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he is. He is allowed to protect Rudolph. Yeah. By a chair. Um, by a gun, maybe not. But that's not the question that was asked. Um, Elizabeth and Abby have a meeting. So Elizabeth and Jesse, this moment leads to nowhere. No. Because Abby then takes over 
And they have a meeting that Elizabeth wants to end very quickly. She doesn't like Abby. Neither do I. And I don't like Elizabeth either. <laughs> Abby starts talking about a psychic that she went to when she was younger. The psychic told her that she would marry. She would have one child. And that her hus- something would happen to her husband at some point. I don't know. I didn't get it down because she was boring me by this point. And Elizabeth's like, just leave. Just <laughs> I've had enough. I'm talking shit. What does this have to do with me? Abby, in her best Colleen Rooney impression, <laughs> says, that psychic was you. <laughs> Elizabeth is like, look, I don't know who you are, but no one around here knows about my psychic past. <laughs> Rid- absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. That psychic was you. Yeah. Yeah, followed by a ridiculous monologue where I had to get every word down because I can't believe this film had two... No, three writers. This film had three writers, and this is what I could come up with. So, Abby says, you see, and Elizabeth says, no, 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 I don't see. I mean, I do see, but I don't want to see. I used to help the police. They wanted to help them find missing people, and you know what I found? I found a bunch of dead bodies. That's all I can say. And I don't want to see a bunch of dead bodies, okay? You have no idea what it's like to see dead bodies. Oh, it's just creepy and creeped me out so much, the dead bodies. So I did it, paid to pay my way through law school. And with one of those stupid little psychic fairs you managed to find me at. But I think it's time for you to leave, because I don't want to remember it. <laughs> okay, <then. laughs> Sorry, I thought Jessica Simpson and Jukes of Hazard was in the room. I thought it was more Blanche Devereaux, but what, fuck you. <laughs> Blanche Devereaux! <laughs> you wish, bitch. That was good. That was good. <laughs> that is the exact dialogue that we get. That's the light of the dialogue in this film. Yeah. So Elizabeth, giving her best Patricia Arquette in medium <laughs> impression, then tells Carl Richards that her husband won't emotionally fulfil... Oh, wait, sorry, no. Was Alison Dubois at the uh, the uh, dinner party from hell? Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, your accent's thrown me off. <laughs> oh, it's so accurate. It was. It was. I thought. I thought she was in the room. <laughs> I thought she was in the room. Incredible. Where the fuck are we? Uh, so she explains that she saw herself with kids, and that's why she's now working at a college. Logic. Oh, yeah. She knows Jesse's having nightmares about his dad's disappearance, but is still shocked when Abby pulls out the exact newspaper clippings from the nightmares. Oh, yeah. Everyone's so shocked to see these newspaper yeah. clippings. They've never seen a newspaper before. It's incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you made that on word, did you? <laughs> um, Abby wants answers about her husband, and Elizabeth reluctantly actually gives them. To be fair, she's like, no, I'm not. But I, and she gives a little bit of information and she, oh, no, no, I can't. Spills a little more tea. She's like, oh, no, no, no. Abby gives her Bob's knife. <laughs> and Abby thinks she's fierce, but she's nothing of the sort. Yeah. She... This, throughout the whole film, but this in particular, Abby's acting is fucking atrocious. I don't know why she tries to sound really threatening to her. She leaves the knife on the table and of course she's going to have one of his belongings brought to a psychic. Of yeah. course it's a weapon, you know. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but she leaves the knife on the table and her address for Elizabeth to return it and then says to her I have to take Jesse to karate now. He's already on his green belt. 
Oh my god, okay. So What's he gonna do? Beat her up? I'm just not sure what the director said to the actress playing Abby. Like, wh- who is the character? <laughs> is she going for boss bitch? Is she, <laughs> again, nothing of the she's sort. nothing of the sort. No. She's nothing of the sort. Um, Elizabeth says, I, I'm sorry. I can't I really, believe this is written by a woman. I know. Like, one of the three writers is a woman. I can't believe it. She's like, I'm sorry, I really can't help you. I was like, actually, you've been quite helpful already. <laughs> you've actually given away a lot. Um, <laughs> Abby says, Jesse is training for his black belt. He thinks it will bring his father back. Elizabeth goes, it might. <laughs> <laughs> we then have another nightmare with oh Eric God. Roberts. Take a shot every time there's a fucking nightmare. Talking shit again, and Bob talking about the right to carry guns, yeah. but only in certain circumstances. <laughs> but she, that's all I got. Abby from that. wakes him up, and he's he's like, now take in mind, she's just had the moment. She's like, yeah, now he's on his green belt, bitch. Yeah, and she wakes him up, and he's like, ah, well, I'm on my blue belt now, and I know my dad was hosting the meeting about gun laws at the theater before immediately before he immediately falls back to sleep. Yeah. But he's like, I'm on a blue belt. No, you're not. You're on a fucking green belt. Make your mind up. What I don't understand is that as if we they're talking extensively about Elizabeth's psychic abilities, but clearly Jesse also has psychic abilities of yeah. some sort. But then that's never meant. That's no. never really discussed no. because it's just that like, oh, he just has weird dreams. But mm-hmm. all his dreams are actually they come true. Yeah. You know, they're actually um, there's evidence to show that they are in fact correct. Biggest victim of the film makes her appearance. Poor Sarah. <laughs> she just comes to visit. Abby's talking shit on the phone. She's, Abby is is talking shit. I'll give you that. But she has, she's having another work call. She's always, always working. Always working. She's been so neglectful of her son. Always working. Which is why it's taken her a year to get a babysitter. Who's been looking after him the rest of the time? This is, you know, mm-hmm. clearly... I mean, she was at his karate not yeah. too long ago, you know, so she can't be that bad. She's talking on the phone about getting Santa to pour the gravy, as it's not just women in the kitchen. No, no. No. Um, poor Sarah has to wait for her to get off the fucking phone. And, you know, in any other film, maybe that'd be a little progressive, but I feel like they're painting it out to be a bad thing. Because she's on her phone trying to fight for women to be, you know, for progressive Christmases and such. But I think the way the the writers and the directors are putting it to us is that she's doing this instead of spending time with her son. So she's a piece of shit. Exactly. Abby is the villain of yeah. the film. Yeah. Eric Roberts isn't. Yeah. Despite Eric Roberts being, I mean, he never gets his comeuppance. No. Nothing's ever really no. explained about the Eric Roberts character. No. It's Abby that has the lesson to learn mm-hmm. by the end. Yeah. It's Abby, you know, that's constantly told she's a piece of shit mother mm-hmm. um i'm confused that she's marketing santa pouring gravy three days before christmas <laughs> i mean i i'm i'm no expert in marketing but shouldn't you've had this in the bag like in july yeah your christmas marketing not three days before <laughs> christmas no one's gonna give a shit afterwards um abby talks about how shit of a mother she is as she's always working. And uh, Jesse used to spend a lot of time with his dad. And not so much with Abby, because Abby was always working. 
even though his dad was a lawyer. Yeah. Which, uh, you know. Anyway, Sarah judges Abby quite harshly <laughs> for not getting Jesse grief counselling. <laughs> so it's not a Scientologist film. No. Are they, that's a relief. Um, What's after that, Gary? Uh, well, no, before that, Abby's like, uh, they're, they're talking about what Jesse's going through. She's like, let me guess. He thinks getting his black belt will bring his dad back. And that's a very fucking specific guess, Abby. <laughs> Not Abby, um, Sarah. Sarah. And, and and then when Abby's like, wait, how did you know that? She's like, I studied child psychology. Is, is that one of the things they teach you? Apparently. Ginny! <laughs> yeah. After that, we switch to some of the greatest dialogue of all time, where she's on another business call, old Abby, ignoring a kid again. And she's like, applesauce is amazing these days. It's the new Jello. Yes. And she also says, I can... How is it the new... You wouldn't have jello... You wouldn't just eat apple sauce. I mean, I used to when I was young. That was strange. I used to eat apple sauce out of the jar. I love a bit of apple sauce. But you wouldn't have it like jello. Surely jello is jelly. And probably. you would just... You would eat it from a tub. It's probably a Republican thing. Um... You wouldn't put jello with a, a roast dinner, would you? Well, she also says... I... Jello. <laughs> she, she also says... I can market applesauce with jalapenos. Oh my god! Please, why didn't you just teach her how to say jalapenos? Yeah. Um. Then, strangely, Abby gets a call from Bob's phone, but it's never explained who's on the other side. Yeah, it is. No, no. Until the end of the scene. Oh, until the end of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we go to a. a but she kind of has a conversation. Mm-hmm. Not like if if Bob's phone and she picks it up and says hello, yeah, and then it cuts from there, you know that would make more sense because mm-hmm. you've just wasted my time having this com- conversation, yeah, with someone on the other side. Elizabeth gives another Christmas-based hypothetical question this time about the Grinch, um, because she's so wacky. She's she is. So she is unusual. mad. Absolutely mad. She is. You can't take her anywhere. Can't take her anywhere. I'm surprised her name isn't Carol and she doesn't host Slimming World on oh, a Wednesday. She's mad she is. She's mad. Um, she looks at the knife that Abby gave her and has a vision of a clown with a gun and then dismisses the one student from her class. Um, hilarious effect. Abby finds herself at a cafe. And what are they handing out for free? Limp salad. <laughs> and a bit of soup. And a bit of soup. <laughs> Very sad looking salad. She's kind of forced to dish some up. But obviously, <laughs> obviously 1.5 million doesn't go far enough no. to get yourself some extras. No. So she's kind of forced to help the homeless, feed the homeless. Mm-hmm. But it's only two people. So she just gives them some shit salad. And I think it's the salad from the previous scene. It is well. definitely the same one. It looks, it's been hanging around even longer. And then some soup. Um, Jesse tells the babysitter about how neglectful his mother is again, because, you know, this film. Then a very, very strange encounter. Back yeah. At the cafe. Yeah. Um, yeah. She goes to the counter and, to, and there's there's an African-American man there. And she says, are you Jay? And he's like, do I look like Jay? And she's like, well, I actually don't know what he looks like. And he's like, do I look like AJ? 
And she's like, uh, sure, why not? Jay's a pretty common name. And he's like, Jay's a letter in the alphabet, bitch. And I don't think I look like a letter. It's also a bird as in blue, Jay, and I'm not blue. Do I look fucking blue to you? Huh? And then he says, it doesn't swear. <laughs> Are you trying to call me blue? How would you like it if I called you W? Um, not Jay explains that the cafe is set up to feed the less fortunate and that Jay sold the place to him a year ago. So Abby goes to leave. And then he says, I'm just kidding with you, babe. Jay's over there. Hey, Jay, this chick's out here to see you, man. Okay. Now, tell me your films written by three white people about telling me your films written by three white people. It's, it's giving racist. It yeah. really, and, and that's, it, it's, it's not actually... It is racist. It is racist. It's absolutely racist. Only, you have one black character yeah. in this film. Yeah. And he's using aggression as some form of joke, mm -hmm. as some sort of prank. Yeah. You're one black character in this film. A black man, you know, for no purpose whatsoever, doesn't lead anywhere. He's just being aggressive mm -hmm. behind the counter. Yeah. And when... Which is counterintuitive to... Yeah what he's talking about mm -hmm. in terms of feeding the homeless yeah so what is the purpose of this yeah what is so are we meant to this isn't a this isn't meant to be a comedy no. but there are comical scenes you know or attempted or that i feel intended to be comedic so is this meant to be a comedic scene so what what is the comedy here mm. abby is fearing for her safety because this black man behind the counter is being aggressive yeah well first of all that's not funny and second of all it's fucking racist it you're is. a twat it whoever is. wrote that is a twat yeah it makes no fucking sense the next scene makes it even worse because jay introduced himself of course he's uh a big you know a big handsome white man with a big beard and the most friendly face you'll ever find and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry for sam's behavior oh my god well, so what, for his sense of humor, for his sense of humor, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh my god, you're making us worse. Stop. Mm. It's fucking stupid. And this is a fucking stupid scene anyway. Yeah. What is the purpose of this? He's we don't see either of them again. Yeah, he's literally there just to say that uh, Bob used to do free legal work for them. Yeah. And then somehow gave them his phone. Yeah. It turns out Bob was a top-notch guy and helped them out with legal issues yeah. and feeding the homeless. So the whole purpose of this is to reiterate the fact that Bob was a top-notch dude yeah. and Abby's a piece of shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a fucking... With a bit of racism in there as well. Mm -hmm. What a load of shit. Yeah, she gets a call from Elizabeth who informs her that the knife wasn't used in self-defence. Meanwhile, Jesse bores Sarah with the history of karate bouts and what each one stands for and the visuals we're given in this scene are fucking horrific. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to make it look animated, but they couldn't actually afford animation. Yeah, it's like it's, it's stock photos with yeah. a weird PowerPoint filter. Yeah. And then it cuts to Elizabeth at a karate gym with Abby and explaining the rest of the bouts. So we have to hear the whole history of fucking karate bouts. Well, it's, it is. And it's about what the colours represent, which is very interesting. And if we watched, a, a you know, an Asian film that did it much better... <laughs> you know, this would be very fascinating. It would be True. very fascinating. True. What this is, is some kid trying to explain and sounding bored. And I'm bored. <laughs> and then he gets the purple. And um, purple is the belt that he has mm. because he's just flown through within one day or, or two days. I, I have no idea about time in this film either. No. No idea. 
what day it's meant to be no. or anything like that. No. So he's purple and he, he stops at purple. He says, oh, well, I'm just a kid. Cut me a break. I don't know from there. Yeah. It was like, you've, you've literally showcased incredible knowledge in regards to European countries, mm -hmm. in regards to the last 10 presidents of the United States, in terms of, you know, North Pole law or whatever. You've just shown incredible intelligence. Mm -hmm. But this thing, this is your main thing. Karate is your thing. Yeah. It is so much your thing that you wear your karate outfit at the dinner table, eating a limp <laughs> fucking red onion salad. Oh my it's God, so he's... much your thing that you can't remember what comes after purple. He literally only wears the karate outfit in his pyjamas for the entire film. Exactly. <laughs> so then we cut to Elizabeth, who is not a karate expert. No, she's not. She helps us out by finishing it off and saying what red, brown and black represents. Yeah, and she has a very long-winded conversation and the whole conversation exists just for her to say, Bob was a black belt. Bitch, yeah. just say it. Just fucking get to the point. She, she also says that Jesse must be cautious with his immense strength <laughs> as he progresses <laughs> towards the black belt. <laughs> Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth tells Abby about how Bob's knife was the one he used to teach the women's self-defense class. <laughs> Bob was a black belt and Abby didn't know. Mm. What a piece of shit. Question. Was it necessary for Bob to use a real knife at the women's self-defense class? Absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Do you, he did not need to bring a knife <laughs> to the women's self-defense class. That we're watching in the background. No. Because it, it, I, I don't know why we're showcasing a women's self-defence class without saying anything about the importance <laughs> of women's self-defence. We, we have this women's self-defence class mm -hmm. to show how great King Bob is mm -hmm. or, or was or wherever he may be. We then go to a bar. Uh, Elizabeth tells Abby, you're... Did you not? Did you not get the uh, ever nightmare sequence? Oh, was there another one? Yeah, Fuck where we found out the girl from earlier is a girl called Aurora, uh, and uh, he. Oh, I did. Her dad. Yeah, her dad explains to her at the cinema. He booked her at a cinema just so he could give her this message. He couldn't just send a video call. He owns the cinema. He owns the cinema. He yeah, owns and the uh, and he's given her the Palace Theatre as a gift. A bunch of guys tell Jesse not to tell his mum about it until he receives his black belt on Christmas Day. These men. No idea who they are. No. Absolutely no, no idea. No idea who these men are. Just completely random, talking heads. But they say, do not tell your mum about it until you receive your Christmas black belt. Yeah. He wakes up and immediately tells his mum everything, and then tells her he has to remain silent until Christmas Day. Yes. And then Abby's like, Aurora was the only survivor at the shooting. Yes. Oh, he also starts doing press-ups in bed as well. He does. I was a little confused by Martin Cove, who I think... Wasn't aware, obviously, because where his script doesn't quite match what's happening. So he's telling everyone to sing happy birthday to Aurora. <laughs> obviously, 1.5 mil didn't stretch that far. No. Because Aurora is the only person in the cinema. Mm -hmm. And he is like, oh, well, that wasn't very good. No one sings happy birthday. <laughs> 
Martin Cove was clearly <laughs> not available for reshoots. It's easy even did, in front of a green screen. Like, yeah. Did this in his back garden. But it, it's a green screen. In the background of this green screen, for no reason whatsoever, is what looks like a destroyed fairground. Yeah. It looks like yeah. the fairground mm-hmm. from Supergirl. Yeah, it does. But destroyed. For no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No reason why Martin Cove is there. Clearly he was given a script. He had one day. Read it out. Yeah. Sent it over. Uh-huh. So there you go, guys. Don't talk to me again. And then the budget didn't go far enough <laughs> to actually have people at the cinema with Aurora. So it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. We then cut to a bar where Elizabeth tells Abby... You're a very successful businesswoman and an average mother. <laughs> you barely know the bitch. It's been like how many days? Like no days. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're a very successful businesswoman and an average mother. How the fuck do you know? Yeah. And then she's like, well, she's psychic, isn't she? Yeah, but and we it, never... Yeah, I suppose And so. she goes on to remind her how privileged she is. It's like, and Bob had to work for everything he got. He had to work from the ground up. Exactly. Yeah, Elizabeth checks Abby's privilege. Apparently, <laughs> Abby's parents paid for everything, including Yale, a horse, and a Sweet 16 coming out party. Mm-hmm. Bob, on the other hand, worked for everything he had, including working as a bartender and a bouncer. And Elizabeth goes... Oh, cheers to bartenders. <laughs> the camera then cuts to a bartender <laughs> working, not acknowledging any... He's he's getting a glass from under the bar or something. No, I don't think he even knew it was being filmed. No, I don't think he did. Um, Question. So Bob didn't benefit from Abby's privilege no. whatsoever? No. Whatsoever? No. He didn't. Okay. No, of course just, not. Just so we, we understand. No, the poor man had to Abby's everything. privilege was purely her own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. selfish bitch. Elizabeth has visions of Eric Roberts talking shit. I will after this now. And she said, I hope I got this down right and I didn't miss here. Oh, these spirits really bring on the spirits. <laughs> these spirits sure bring out the spirits. Sure bring out the spirits. <laughs> Now, apparently, Bob went to Martin Cove's daughter Aurora's birthday at the cinema Mm -hmm. to talk about gun control. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some reason. Imagine, what a fucking nightmare. You're having a lovely birthday party, and some guy fucking's like, okay, I'm here to talk about guns. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and apparently her birthday's on Christmas Day as well, which is very confusing. Yeah. Um, because apparently Abby's the neglectful one, but he went to the cinema on Christmas <laughs> Day by himself to talk about gun control. Um, Abby talks to the babysitter whilst drunk, mm-hmm. or acting drunk. Oh my god, it's some of the worst drunk acting worst I've ever drunk seen. Acting. And uh, she talks about why her husband was at the cinema. Abby says, hilariously, that he loved horror films... And also loved speaking in public. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard, well, he loved horror films and he also loved yeah. speaking in public. So it was like an all day where he watched a horror film and he got to speak <laughs> about gun control at the cinema. As you do. <laughs> Abby says, you know what? You're all right, Sarah. She, she also, she looks disgusted and she's like, oh, apparently I didn't even know that he's a homeless helper and a karate man. Ugh. 
Like, oh my god, so you're disgusted that he had the homeless <laughs> and that he did karate. I know horror films. Now, this is a weird one because I think America, do, the cinemas are open on Christmas Day. They're open here on Christmas Day. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. So he left his family on Christmas Day mm-hmm. to go watch a horror film. <laughs> Even, not including the gun control talk. Just leaving his family <laughs> on Christmas Day to go see a horror film. Not even taking... Like, <laughs> if it was R-rated, he could take the kid with him, Jesse. Mm-hmm. But no. And yet, Abby's the neglectful one. Yeah. Anyway. She says, Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on a second. Are we missing something? Hang on a second. Now, do you remember um, when I was reading out what the the uh, piece of shit writer, what other films he made. Yeah. And do you remember that one of them was called Joker's Poltergeist? Oh. Also known as Joker's Wild. Yeah, what do you think that's about? Also starring Eric Roberts. Uh, I have a feeling... Also starring Lacey Marie Meyer as Aurora Place Ah. and Martin Cove as Rand Place. The reason none of this makes any fucking sense is because he's taken footage from his own fucking film and shoved it in here. Oh, shit. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. So what, what's this joke? It's the same fucking film. We're looking at Google Images right now. It is the same film. Oh, there we go. It is the same film. So all of this is completely out of context. Yes, yeah. this original. is for a completely different film. So the what's premise, that film about? Uh, I don't know, because the premise is clowns are no joking matter. Oh, okay. That's the official premise. Right. Um, I really dread to think... A theatre uh... is shut down after it becomes the grounds of a clown's killing spree. However, when its owner pushes to rebuild, spectres from the past return to haunt her. Okay. So, yeah. and that was released way after the Joker, um, the Dark Knight shooting thing. So, even more bad taste. There's an entire film dedicated to it. Wow. Okay. Let's get. So, you know how Tippi Hedren has a credit in Birdemic. In Birdemic. Yeah. yeah. It's given that, isn't it? Uh huh. Previous film. Yeah. Oh, no wonder it makes no sense. Yeah. Wow. Fuck's sake. <sighs> oh, now that's just lazy. Then where the fuck did that 1.5 where million go? Where did the 1.5 million go? Because they never actually hired Eric Roberts. No. Or Martin Cove. No. Fucking hell. So Abby... I'll be asked now. <laughs> um, Abby says, you know what? You're all right, Sarah. And Sarah says... Thanks, I try to be. Cool. <laughs> Poor bitch is forced to put up your shit and your fucking weird family. Even, so the most incoherent part of the film mm-hmm. now makes sense. Yeah. This, this call, so Jesse calls Martin Cove mm-hmm. and they talk the most incoherent <laughs> bullshit. I have absolutely no idea yeah. whatsoever yeah. what they're talking about. And now it makes it sense. It does, it does. Because they've tried to write Jesse's part <laughs> in responses to Martin Cove, whatever he's talking about in Joker's Wild. So, 
dialogue includes, you can't expect to be loyal to everything all at once, which he kept repeating, which I thought was, I thought was a reference to Karate Kid, but it's not, is it? No, I don't think it is. Jesse says, you didn't teach me how to fight. We never met, which makes <laughs> sense because they didn't. Why have this? Why have this at all? It doesn't do anything. No, he's like, oh, I want a private lesson with you. I'm like, why you're teaching yourself karate? Yeah, exactly. Um, seemingly from this, whatever this puzzle that I've tried to solve of a conversation, uh, I get that Eric Roberts, his character was security at the cinema, and is now security at Jesse's school. Yeah, yeah. So he thinks that means that him and Aurora have a bond. Yeah. Um, Abby is hungover and preparing for a meeting. So do you think he was hinting that his school had a school shooting? I hope not. I I hope... Yeah. I mean... I mean... He's yeah. saying it's the same security guard and now him and Aurora have a bond. Aurora was at a mass shooting where he was a security guard. Yeah. Yeah. The, the camera work in this next scene is some of the worst of the entire film and that's saying something. Yeah, Abby is hungover and she's preparing for a meeting. So about, is the cameraman. About the applesauce. Yeah, he's definitely hungover. Um, apparently it's happening in one room and she gets... I can't remember the names. Um, but her... I should have gotten the names. But she gets the, 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 the names of the rooms mixed up. And they're both named after presidents. Her boss says, you're mixing up your generals who became president. <laughs> Don't mix up your apple sauces. <laughs> I didn't do that just to um, say, but it's my, it's one of my favourite lines of the film. Don't mix up your apple sauces. Um, and Elizabeth turns up and Abby suddenly doesn't believe Elizabeth anymore. Yeah. And doesn't believe Jesse's visions are accurate. And uh, going to Elizabeth for help was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And if I was Elizabeth, I'd be fucking fuming. Yeah. Like, how many times at the beginning did she say, I have terrible trauma yeah. with these things. I had to give up. It was, you know, mm -hmm. awful for me. I want to be a help to people, but I just, I can't, my mental health can't take these yeah. things. And she's forced into it. And Abby kept going and going and going. And now Abby's turned around and said, oh, I don't believe you anymore. She is a bitch, actually. I was kind of on Abby's <laughs> side for a lot of this. But that moment, I was like, oh, fuck's sake. I don't like anyone in this film. Uh, Elizabeth confides in Abby that she dumped her fiancé because she had a vision <laughs> that he died. And seemingly, that was the reason she started law school. I thought she started law school because she was fed up of helping the police yeah. with her vision or whatever. And because she had a vision that she was with kids. That's why she said originally yeah. that she's working there. She then proceeds to read Abby yet again for being a shit wife and mother. Yeah. When she says, is a bonus worth losing your husband forever? She then says, maybe I'm the three ghosts to your Scrooge. And face it, you are a Scrooge. And uh, I, I just wrote in my notes, I said, fuck here now. She's been a single mother for the last year <laughs> and only just got a babysitter. Uh -huh. What more do they want from no. her? Yeah. She's been a single parent. She, you know, she works hard for the money. 
if she was just living off her parents, she wouldn't work. Why would she? Why would she have to work so hard at the marketing job? Mm. Like, what is the purpose? But the best part is, I mean, she takes her away from the meeting. She yeah, takes her away from. She, she misses her important meeting and her pay rise. Yeah, a bonus. Yeah, for what? For five minutes of absolute fucking nonsense, like nothing happens. They go to an outdoor nativity display where she thought she saw Bob in a vision. He's not there. Of course he's not there. No. He's fucking dead. They then get in the car, talk shit for five minutes again, and then just drive. It's not. I'm going to help you out here. Okay, because I, I did, thought nothing happened. Just, just call me the, you know, Elizabeth Whisperer. Duh. Because what I got from this scene, Elizabeth takes Abby to, I think it's the college, and there's a nativity scene. Remembering that Bob wanted to show Abby something... But Abby, as always, was late from work and missed mm -hmm. whatever Bob was trying to show yeah. her. Um, she says to Abby, you should have made the time, Abby. Bob always made the time. Fucking <laughs> hell, we get it. Um, she also has a go at Abby for locking the car. Mm -hmm. Because there's just a nativity here and no people around. Why would you lock the car? Which I find really weird. Like, what? So Abby is also a bitch for locking her car? Like... What is going on here? Yeah. What it turns out is what Bob wanted to show Abby was a gazebo erected in Bob's honour <clears throat> due to his hard work and dedication. And then they leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So literally pointless. <laughs> yeah, completely pointless. It's just everything is just like Bob was a great guy. Abby, why are you not a great guy? Yeah. So it is trying to be Christmas Carol. It's mm -hmm. showing. It's showing like this is you know what you've missed out on. You missed out on the unveiling of yeah. this gazebo. You've missed out on time with your husband. Mm -hmm. You've missed out on time with your son because you've been working so hard. I just want to make one thing really clear right here, right now. And I support independent filmmaking. You know, films don't have to have a huge budget. No. But if your premise is about Abby being a high-powered marketing executive, if you're talking about the fact she went to Yale, she's got a lot of privilege, her parents are rich, mm -hmm. then you need to, number one, make sure she has a fancy fucking car. <laughs> I'm no expert, but it weren't fancy. Number two, her office looks shit. <laughs> it looks fucking boring. It's not fancy at all. Devil Wears Prada, this is not. The fucking office doors have pieces of A4 paper cut exactly. out and with the names on it. <laughs> taped on. Exactly. She's not got like a fucking MacBook in front of her no. either. And thirdly, the house ain't all that either. <laughs> I'm sure it's a perfectly nice house. It's true. You know, I wouldn't turn my nose up at it. Yeah. But fucking hell, you know, if you're this whole Yale graduate, high-powered, you know, marketing executive, husband's a, a lawyer, all that bullshit, then I expect, you know, a real housewife's gaff. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Nice big, you know, even shit like, what, it, what was the film, what was that David Dakota film where um, it was the summer and it was Christmas? They played croquet for 20 minutes. Oh, God. What was that? 
It was some, something to do with it was, summer Christmas. Oh, summer Christmas, Santa's summer house. Santa's Christmas. summer house or some shit like yeah. that. I bet that didn't have 1.5 million. No. And they still managed to rent out a big fucking house for the occasion. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, come on. We're, we're suspending enough belief here. This Christmas miracle. At least try and, you know, keep some of it believable. At least try and, you know, if you're telling us all this shit, mm -hmm. show me. Because <laughs> you're just talking crap. Sorry, just shit like that really pisses me off. <laughs> uh, um, that is absolute nonsense again. I've literally got a bird box painting, karate bats on Christmas tree, awkward uh, push-ups, etc., etc. His push-ups are fucking weird, really weird. I it really bugged me. No, <laughs> you look like he was fucking possessed. I like you never see his face. No, I don't know if that was a stunt. Stunt might child? Have been, might have been. I couldn't do a push-up. They'd have to get a stunt one for me as well. Yeah, Jesse does some awkward karate in the living room. Abby paints a birdhouse by herself in the kitchen. So she's always there. Yeah. Like, why, why is she... She's painting a fucking birdhouse. She is. You know, so she is always there. Um, While she's wearing a Hoboken Film Festival t-shirt. <laughs> she believes it isn't as good as Bob's. Oh, my God. She's even... Being down on herself now compared to... Yeah. I can't even paint a bird box as well as Bob could. I mean, it does look like a child painted it. And she just take it to work and her boss like, Oh, what the fuck is just that? Get that fucking out of his office now. Um, Jesse puts his red belt on the tree. Now they've decorated the tree with all his old belts. And he's just got brown and black left. Absolutely ruined that tree. It looks fucking it awful. Look Abby, strangely enough, after skipping out on the presentation mere minutes before it's meant to start yeah abby's she goes back to the office mm -hmm. and abby's boss talks to her and he's rightfully pissed yeah um that she left for a really important presentation without any explanation mm -hmm. and she's just waltzed back in she's no shame with a whatsoever. bird box and said oh hi yeah. your boss how did it go yeah uh, i knew whatever name was janice or whatever her name was could do it it was janice wasn't it um, Abby's boss is disappointed as Abby was the most workaholic person he knew. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said she ends the conversation and she, she's starting to realize the error of her ways. Yeah. And she says, Have you ever felt like you've missed something? <laughs> and he's like, Like what? She says, Like life. And that's it. It that's cuts it. to Jesse doing fucking karate again. Yeah. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like, what are you trying to say here? Mm -hmm. Like, what? what is the point? Like, did she still have a job? Did, did she get sacked? So she must have quit her job because she just walked out. But she, No, we didn't even see her walk out. Well, she must have. She literally said oh. that and the scene ended. Oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? <laughs> she must have been sacked. Anyway, it's never brought up again. Um, Abby interrupts Elizabeth. Oh... Yeah. Yeah, in a racist series of events. Abby interrupts Elizabeth lecturing. Um, this time it's about Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. On Christmas Eve via webcam. And Abby questions Elizabeth uh, on who would she be lecturing on Christmas Eve day. Elizabeth explains that it's a group of tribal men off the coast of India. 
and we see on the computer screen a very blurry Blurred video. Blurred out. It's like it's censored. A very blurry video of tribal people on some sort of beach. Mm. Abby looks horrified. And Elizabeth tells her how important her international law is. Oh, how important teaching them international law is as their pretty lawless bunch. Yeah. And she's like, fucking hell. What is the fucking point of that? Because apparently they're just allowed to release racism. Just a, a, a joke at the expense of what, tribal people. Yeah. Like, what, what's, uh -huh. the, what's the fucking joke? Yeah. Where are the jokes? Mm -hmm. Like, it's fucking shit. Bullshit. Yeah. Like, what does it... Oh, let's not dwell <laughs> on that. Um, well, no, let's dwell on it, because it's fucking ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous that this privileged piece of shit thinks it's okay to release something like that in a film that he's releasing straight to video on demand that's accessible for people to watch. Yeah. He thinks that's okay. He thinks that's... I feel like that was played for laughs. Well, of course, yeah. The joke is tribal people wanting to learn law. Yeah. Because they're a pretty lawless bunch. Yeah. Genuinely, I mean, it's, it's awful. It's giving, you know, like they're a pretty lawless bunch. It, it's sounding like fucking the, the ones, the, the Christian people that used to go, missionaries, mm. that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Missionaries who would go over yeah. and go into these cultures and try to, you know, make them Christian. Mm -hmm. It's, it's giving that sort yeah, of yeah. energy. Yeah, it is. And it's racist. Yeah. And it's completely unnecessary. And in a film in 2019, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Abby and Elizabeth go to a bar in search of Abby's Christmas future. Because they're still playing out this Christmas carol bullshit. Um, but turns out it may have been Elizabeth's <laughs> Christmas future. <laughs> as she sees her former fiancé after 25 years. And is confusingly annoyed at him being married with a kid. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth thinks that because the vision of her fiancé being dead, turns out he's alive, Bob must then therefore be dead. If that makes any sense. Yeah, she's also dressed like Dawn the Jockey from X Factor in the scene. She and is. it is so camp. It's high It's high camp. I would have liked some sort of fight to have broken out. I thought it was her, going to. Her former fiancé's now wife. But it gets her. it gets even more camp when they hear uh, Bob's voice. And like, oh, that was Bob's voice. Oh, that's Bob's voice that I heard the other day. And then they uh, like march to the men's toilets and start banging on the door. And the camera work is fucking horrific. <laughs> Looks like he's going to fall over Elizabeth. Absolutely. But it's not, it's just some guy that sounded like Bob. Well, it's a real housewife of, uh, real house husband of New Jersey, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he is giving, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, he's probably called Joe. <laughs> Joe Gorga. <laughs> um, they conclude that Bob is physically dead, but he is still alive. This is outside the gents' toilets, by the way. They conclude. <laughs> they conclude. <laughs> They conclude that Bob is physically dead, but he is still alive in the love that he has given everyone, in all the people that he helped in life, and in his Jesse, uh, in his son Jesse. Yeah. He is still alive. Elizabeth has taught Abby the true meaning of life, and she can therefore deal with the death of her husband and focus on a positive future for herself and Jesse, 
where she's not a workaholic, she's not too focused on her work, and that she's bringing joy to the people around her, like Bob did in life, helping the homeless, you know, and his, unfortunately his dead, but she, she dealt with the grieving process and mm -hmm. she, she can go forward. Yeah. She invites Elizabeth to her house the next day on Christmas day to see Jesse get his black belt. Um, Elizabeth shockingly says that she does have family herself, but she will come round the next afternoon. And she also admits that Abby is a good mother now. Yeah. You know, and it's, this is what I was talking about earlier when I was like, this could have been a film about the grieving process. Mm -hmm. It could have been about, you know, dealing with loss, but also learning a lesson from the love of the people around you with this ridiculous yeah. mass shooting side plot yeah. thrown in for no reason whatsoever. At Abby's house... In a bizarre series of events. It's Abby's parents, who don't look that rich. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> At Abby's house on Christmas Day, it turns out Jesse needs to break a piece of wood in one hit in order to get his black belt. I'm not sure how that works, but okay. He's doing his weird push-ups again. He's doing his weird push-ups. Elizabeth fears that Jesse may break her fingers. <laughs> If she is the one holding the piece of wood. Abby's father says that women shouldn't be able to hold the piece of wood anyway. Mm -hmm. For fear of getting hurt. And it should be a man's job Duh. to hold the piece of wood. Of course. Abby says, no, I'll hold it. She does. Jesse breaks the wood in one hit. And... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Bob appears at the back door. <laughs> he comes back from the fucking dead. He comes back from wherever, dead. He says, I've escaped and returned home. <laughs> so he's, whatever th this Eric Roberts thing is, he's escaped. Whatever that was, yeah. he's escaped and returned home. Right at the very second... Jesse breaks that piece of wood yeah. and gets his black belt. Yeah. Even though there's no one there who can officiate <laughs> in any way whatsoever in terms of karate. Sensei's not there. No one's there. But he said, I have this black belt now. Yeah. They all hug. Everyone is slightly surprised to see him. Slightly surprised. <laughs> not ridiculously surprised. He's been missing the whole film. Like, whole... people think he's dead. He's been missing a whole year. He's been missing a whole... A whole year to the day. The soundtrack suddenly sounds like it belongs in the Avengers. Like, yeah. it is obnoxious. Jesse, Abby, <laughs> and Bob hug. And Abby says something to the effect of... No, no, I had the exact words. Oh, okay. First of all, Bob gives Jesse his black belt. Yeah. He finally gets it. Um, first of all, how the fuck does he know he deserves his black belt? Um, second... Because he was waiting in the garden for a piece of wood and <laughs> She's Abby says... It's a miracle. It's a true Christmas miracle. And the film ends. That's the end. Like, no explanation whatsoever as to where Bob's been. No. No, you know, he doesn't look hurt. He doesn't look, with all due respect, he, he looks well fed. You know, despite being kidnapped for a year, wherever he's been. Mm-hmm. 
there's no comeuppance for Eric Roberts or explanation as to what happened no. there. Abby is the one who's changed. Yeah. By the end. Yeah. You know, no one else needs to change. It's just Abby because Abby was a workaholic mother. Didn't have time mm-hmm. for her family. Apparently, we never actually got to see any of that. Yeah, this is just from what people are saying because her salad was cold. <laughs> Bob's the king. Bob. Bob's the king of yeah. everything, and everyone else is a loser. Bob being played by the producer. Mm-hmm. May I add, and just he comes back from the dead. He comes back from wherever he's been. I don't know. It's never explained. Yeah. So what was a film that could have been about grief and coping and such kind of, it's all sort of negated by the end. Yeah. And the film is about a workaholic mother learning that she should be, yeah, that she should be at home with the kids. Learning her place. Yeah. Essentially. Absolutely abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Bottom of the barrel bullshit yeah. really it was we watched it last year and we watched it and we laughed at it and we thought this is ridiculous mm-hmm. you know and the, the, the attention wasn't a hundred percent there because you're just watching a, a yeah. stupid film for christmas where let me tell you when you have to sit there and make notes on this fucker <laughs> fucking pain yeah full I mean, it's, what, an hour and 20-something minutes? Mm -hmm. An hour and 21 minutes. It felt like four hours. Mm -hmm. You know how the five days leading to Christmas in the film felt like 20 days? Yeah. This felt like 20 fucking years. (laughs) It was painful. I, oh, I was angry by the end. I was annoyed. I was not entertained. No. It really, and there are moments. There are moments. But they're few and far between. It's incomprehensible. Yeah. Which is headache inducing. It's insulting. It's racist. It feels misogynistic too. Mm-hmm. Pain, painful. Yeah. Uh, not that it deserves any, but let's get to the awards. Yes. Biggest queen, I've got Sarah, because she just wanted to babysit and get paid, but got roped into this family's fucking weird bullshit. I put Abby's mum defending a woman's right to hold a piece of wood. (laughs) Or the women's self-defence class. Well, yeah. Um, Biggest gasp, is it the same for you? It's Bob's miraculous return. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. For me, it's the racist online lecture scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, so, yeah. I suppose okay. That is... His return was my biggest gasp the first time we watched it. But yeah. this time, it was absolutely the that online was, lecture. That was, yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Best dialogue. You're mixing up your generals who became president. Don't mix up your apple sauces. <laughs> Mine is apple sauce is the noon jello. And that's camp. I have Elizabeth confronting Mark and his new wife at the bar whilst dressed like Dawn the Jockey. Definitely. That's definitely high camp. Also, the ending is high the camp, ending. too. Yeah. Ratings. <laughs> I give it one calapino applesauce out of ten. I give it one limp red onion salad out of ten. <laughs> Masterpiece, trash to piece, trash or basic. It is trash. Trash. Absolute trash. Bottom of the barrel, bullshit. Doesn't even manage to be trash. basic. 
Do not. Don't even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's available on YouTube, but don't. Don't, don't do it. Don't. Skip to the end and watch that. That's what you need to see. No, I'll, I'll just watch one of those really funny YouTube reviews on it. Okay, don't do us that business. Or just <laughs> listen to this podcast. Well, exactly. You, but then, but then you, they have the little clips and everything, don't it's they? True. To help. Maybe true. we should start doing it. Uh, if you enjoy this, I recommend taking a long, hard think about your life and your taste in films and then get back to us. Yeah. If you enjoyed this, I say stop listening to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ain't um, going to find anything you like here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, get in touch with us if you did. No, don't. If you enjoyed it, don't get in touch with us. Um, if you also thought this is terrible, we're yeah, Horrorcore Trash Over. If you thought it was as bad as we did, we're Horrorcore Trash Over on Facebook and Instagram, Horrorcore Trash on Twitter. I'm Dead at Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And don't forget to check out Gasp Horror Festival, which will be taking place next year in June, where we'll be supporting films that are the complete opposite of this. Yes. Give us a rate, review, Thank subscribe God. on iTunes, like a follow on everything else, and uh, rating on Spotify. Next week, it's the week leading up to Christmas, so we've got a double episode week for you. We are discussing the horror cult classic, Elves, uh, starring Dan Haggerty. That's a cult classic? I don't know. Um, on Tuesday, we'll be discussing Elves. It can't be worse than this. It can't be worse than last week's three shitty films. No, it can't be. It has to be better. But on Friday, a film that is as bad as last week's three shitty Christmas films, we'll be discussing for a bonus episode, Rhapsody Street Kids, Believe in Santa. Yes. We, uh, we, we're we going to include it in last week's episode, but we think it deserves it. Does, it does. Own. It does. Yes. Yeah. Really excited for that. Love it. It's so... Sh- it, that's a... Ooh, I yeah. won't let's, give it away. Let's, no let's, spoilers. Yeah. We'll be back. It's a Christmas treat. Yeah. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.